It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What key storyline should we be focusing on as the Carolina Panthers start OTAs? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer to your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me if you'd like to get in on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are back for the third and final phase of OTAs as we'll have 10 days of practices over the next couple weeks then head into mandatory minicamp then a little break and then back for training camp ahead of the 2023 season and there are a couple of things that I think we all should be watching over the next couple weeks as the Panthers go through OTAs. Now, I thought they were going to start today on Tuesday, but I got my dates wrong. That's he started on Monday. We got to hear from Frank Reich, Bryce Young, Matt Corral, more on him later, and Andy Dalton, all really good press availabilities on Monday afternoon in Charlotte. But let's talk about the five things that we should be watching during Carolina Panthers OTAs over the next couple of weeks. Number one, and I asked this question to Vash Ty Hurt of Carolina Blitz, who joined us on the show yesterday, and she was, you know, pretty matter-of-fact of, fact of uh, Bryce Young, of course, is the number one that she's things that she's looking at over the next couple of weeks. Well, of course, because, well, the Panthers drafted number one overall. They gave up all those picks and DJ Moore to bring in Bryce Young to be their quarterback of the future. He also has been splitting reps with Andy Dalton, and according to Frank Reich on Monday... He got the majority of the reps with the ones. Now, I don't know whether it was a, a 51 to 49 percentage or if it's 60 40. Either way, this team and the coaching staff are preparing for Bryce Young, obviously, to be their starter. Maybe week one. I would think it'd be week one, but Bryce Young, that's the guy who they have in line to start eventually. And I would guess it would be week one on the road against Atlanta. And Frank Reich talked about. All the preparation and the maturity of Bryce Young so far that apparently there's something in the script that was wrong. And Bryce Young pointed that out to just maturity and being able to be so prepared and ready to go in his leadership early on. Bryce Young getting reps of the ones. That's what you want to see and seeing him be able to develop quickly and learn the system because that's important. 
that is something that every Carolina Panthers fan should want to be seeing. He's going to be spending most of the time with the first-team offensive line and with the ones, but also he's going to be spending some time with the twos, which is fine. They feel like they have a pretty good plan for him, and everything that they're doing right now feels right. So Bryce Young, his development, how many reps he's getting with the ones, that is obviously something that all of us should be looking at. Number two, the wide receiver hierarchy. Where are we at? Because I assume, based off of, well, the need that there was in free agency and the money and when they were brought in and what's been said about them, that Adam Thielen and DJ Chark are going to be the top two wide receivers as of right now here in Carolina. And I would expect that to be the case heading out of training camp, that they didn't bring those guys in to not be starters in this new system. But besides them, where does everyone else land on the wide receiver depth chart where's Terrace Marshall we talked to Josh Klein last week and he's saying if I'm Terrace Marshall I'm a little bit concerned about Jonathan Mingo and how they drafted him in the second round like they drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round back in 2021 and that Marshall has yet to solidify his long-term role here in Carolina because well he just wasn't even a factor when Matt rules the head coach here and then once Steve Wilkes took over and the focus was on the run game he was able then to take over as that number two wide receiver to DJ Moore. And I was impressed by what I saw at his Terrace Marshall and believe right now that he should be slotted in there as wide receiver three. But he's got to earn it on the field. And really, the competition won't start until training camp, but it starts now to understand the offense and to really position yourself to the point where when camp opens, that you're sitting there in the catbird seat. And once the preseason starts, that you were out there with the ones in Bryce Young or Andy Dalton, however they want to go about it once we finally get to the preseason. So where's Terrace Marshall at? Where's Jonathan Mingo? Demir Bird, is he more of a special teams guy or they really want to utilize him? A guy like LaVishka Chenault, who was not allowed to really do anything last year in this offense. Where does he land? And Shai Smith, who I feel like should be on the roster bubble and probably on the wrong side of it right now. Where does he land? within that wide receiver room. So that's something I want to look out for over the next couple of weeks heading into the rest of the offseason before going into training camp. Number three, heard a little bit about it from Frank Reich on Monday. Jeremy Chin in his new role. Apparently had a, a, a pass breakup. His versatility is something that the Panthers really wanted to utilize by bringing in Von Bell and having Chin not only play safety but linebacker and all other positions potentially he could play on the defensive side of the football where you got a really good player. What's maximize that talent? that skill set, the leadership that he has here within this locker room. So hearing that Jeremy Chin already after one day, now it's only one day of OTA, it's not really that big of a deal, but hearing that he's already adjusting to it well, which I don't think is a surprise to Reich or to you, to me, or anyone out there who's followed the team, that Jeremy Chin is able to adapt to another position because that's really what was so attractive about him coming out of Southern Illinois in the FCS and the Panthers did take him there in 2020. And really... We were talking about Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson and his versatility. Well, Jeremy Chin, who Panthers got in the second round, been far more versatile and far more effective so far in the NFL. Derek Brown clearly won that debate that we had a couple of years ago on draft night. But Jeremy Chin, his new role, how he adapts, and also how the rest of the defense is able to learn this new 3-4 scheme and adapt to Jero Averro, that is something to look out for over the next couple weeks. A tight end depth. Besides Hayden Hurst, who we found out, is recovering from a sports hernia procedure. Frank Wright could not tell us how long he'll be out, but he appears to be on track, I would imagine, to be there when it really matters, which is in training camp if he's not there over during OTAs, which, again, are voluntary. C.J. Henderson was also not out there on Monday for a personal matter. Voluntary. Don't have to be there. You would want 
the guys to be there, especially with a new coaching staff and being so close to winning the division, despite all that went wrong with the coaching staff and all the craziness of the 2022 season, you would think guys would be there. And it sounds like everyone is there except for Hurst, who, of course, is injured. And then C.J. Henderson had a personal matter that I imagine will be back at some point in time in a mandatory minicamp. I don't know if Hurst will be back by then. As long as he's ready by training camp and he's full go, 100% ready to go, there's no setbacks, then I'm not all that concerned about where Hayden Hurst is going to fit into this offense because we know that in this scheme where – Frank Reich has said, we've had a lot of tight ends have really good years in this scheme. Hayden Hurst is going to get his in due time. But what about Ian Thomas and Tommy Trimble and Gio Ritchie and Stephon Sullivan? Like, what are those guys going to be able to do? Because they have to find someone other than Hayden Hurst. And going to the draft, I was saying, hey, maybe look at getting a tight end. Because if Hurst goes down, which right now he's out, who's going to step up? Who is going to be able to fulfill that role? Because we haven't seen it from Trimble early on so far. And I don't know if the expectation really should have been there and has been there on Tommy Trimble to be a pass-catching tight end through his first two years. But now, in this new scheme, you want to see him take that next step. Ian Thomas, he's never fulfilled that role of being the replacement of Greg Olson. Now that's Hayden Hurst, years after Olson left Carolina and had all those injuries. Well, also, maybe it was just a scheme. Because it's not like he was utilized. We saw his first two years prior to Matt Rule, how he performed. And in the last couple of years with Matt Rule and that offensive scheme, how he performed. There's got to be more. We've seen better from Thomas. I don't think he's someone who's just a complete non-factor like we've seen the last couple of years in this new scheme. Where, again, Frank Reich has said tight ends have had success. Can they get something out of Trimble? Can they get something out of Thomas? Right now is a great opportunity for those guys to show that they can pick up the offense quickly, and that they can be relied upon if called on later on this season as that number two, that number three tight end. We heard last week from Thomas Brown, the new OC here in Carolina, how they wanted to utilize the tight end and that F tight end and finding someone who can play that position. So I'm excited about the opportunity that some of these tight ends have. And it's honestly a blessing in disguise with Hayden Hurst being out. Again, I think it'll be fine that they have guys getting opportunities right now to show what they can do. And speaking of blessing in disguise, which I really don't know why I want to say that because I don't ever want Brian Burns having any sort of injury. I don't think it will linger. I hope, fingers crossed, we certainly can ill afford that to happen here in Carolina. But him being out of OTAs right now is giving a chance for someone to show up and show that, yeah, I'm the guy next to opposite of Brian. I don't think that guy's on the roster, whether it's Amari Barno or DJ Johnson who this drafted out of Oregon in the third round or Marquise Haynes. We pretty much know who Haynes is at this point, but they got an opportunity. Gross Manos as well. They got a chance over the next couple weeks, really the next month, to show that, okay, you don't have to go out there and get a veteran. We can pick up the defense and we can provide a threat on the other side, at that outside linebacker position. I'm not all that confident that's going to happen. Frank Reich did say, like, there's a starter there. He has a starter in name or actually in talent and performance. Because the talent and performance thing is what we're kind of lacking. I feel like more so the performance and the results, not really the talent. Because the talent certainly is there for some of these guys. It's just, can they be developed into that? And can they actually go out there and make the plays like Tim Lukabu, who was the Boston college defensive coordinator. Who's now coming to work the, with the outside linebackers. We're going to really get to see what he's all about. Cause he has 
a mighty challenge to try and find somebody who over the next couple of weeks could possibly show Scott Fitter in the front office that the Panthers are either um, good or not good there at outside linebacker. I still feel like either way they should probably go out there and bring in a veteran edge rush or something they they did not do last year for whatever reason. I don't understand why they would not do it again this season after not signing anyone so far and then seeing the results of last year. But edge rusher and someone emerging over the next couple of weeks is absolutely something that every Panthers fan should be watching. So Bryce Young, his reps, his development, the number one thing, the wide receiver hierarchy, Jeremy Chin in his new role, tight end stepping up while Hayden Hurst is out, and then edge rushers who can reveal themselves as being someone who can be relied upon heading into the season. We'll find out whether someone does that over the next couple weeks as the Panthers go through OTAs before heading into mandatory minicamp next month in June. So I get this question fairly often. What about Matt Corral? What about Matt Corral? People have been asking me about that, and it turns out the Carolina Panthers actually have a plan for Matt Corral. It might not be the starter. Matt Corral does have a future in Carolina. We'll talk about what that is here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we get there here on the show, let me tell you about our new sports betting partner here, over unlocked on a podcast network FanDuel make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's $1,000 back if your bonus bets don't win there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA this is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On March 10th, it was very obvious what the Carolina Panthers' plans were at quarterback moving forward. They were going to take someone number one overall, and they were going to hinge the franchise's futures and fortune on them. Andy Dalton was then signed next week to be the backup quarterback. And ever since then, a lot of people have been asking me, what about Matt Corral? What happens to him? And what's his future now here in Carolina? Let's just be honest with ourselves. Once the Panthers traded up to number one, whoever they took was going to be the starter. And was going to get a chance to start here for at least the next three years until they reveal themselves either not be the answer or, of course, you'd be the answer. And then after that, we would be talking extension. So when they trip to number one, that guy, whoever it was going to be, was going to be the starting quarterback here at least for the next three seasons. And after that, it would be very important for the Panthers to get a veteran backup quarterback, considering that, unfortunately for Matt Corral, he broke his foot in the second game of the preseason and missed the entirety of his rookie year during a regular season. He did not get all the valuable reps that he certainly would have been afforded last season and even potentially the starts he might have gotten later on in the season when Steve Wilkes took over as the interim head coach. It's unfortunate for Matt Corral. He spoke to the media on Monday and showed a wealth of maturity and perspective of the situation, saying it was a rough year. 
a long one to say the least, and that you have to control what you can control. And we've heard that all the time. That's what Sam Darnold used to talk about that all the time. Well, getting an opportunity to go out there and unfortunately not be able to perform on Sundays, but control what you can control. And that he said he's in it for the long haul. And that goes to the conversation that he and Frank Reich had. And there was a tweet that came out on draft night about being appreciated. Matt Crowell, without even being asked about it, because he knew it was coming, went out there and just said it had nothing to do with football. I have no idea whether that's actually true or not, or that's just Matt Crowell telling us that it didn't have to do. It didn't really matter whether it had anything to do with the situation in Carolina or not. The reality of the situation is when the season starts, Bryce Young will be the starting quarterback. Andy Dalton will be the backup quarterback. And Matt Crowell will be QB3. That's just going to be the reality no matter what he puts out on social media, whether it was about football or not about football. It's really immaterial at this point in time. What's actually important is what the Panthers' plans are for him while he's still a Carolina Panther for the next three years. That's really what's important. So I'm not really all that focused on what he said on on, on Instagram, and I've talked about that. We moved past it. it. It is what it is. I'm not overly concerned about any of that right now. What it appears to be the case, though, in Carolina is that they have plans for Matt Corral, that they still value him to the point where, I mean, he's on the roster. They're not looking to trade him. He's the number three quarterback. They got a guy number one overall to start over him, and they got a veteran to also play over him in the event that the guy who went number one overall either gets injured or is not ready to go. They wanted to have a healthy quarterback room, and the Panthers have that. From everything that Andy Dalton said, Bryce Young said, Matt Corral said, and Matt especially saying like how there's not egos here. Everyone's just trying to compete and to get better and for the team to win, and it's a healthy situation for him to be in that, yeah, he's got Bryce, a guy he said he's known since seventh grade being a California quarterback, and those guys probably having been in the same camps and having shared quarterback coaches and all that, he's known Bryce for a long time. So they already have a relationship. And I don't think he's going to be sitting here being like, oh, man, I hate this dude. Like, he's happy for Bryce to see where they've come. And then for Andy Dalton as well, being in there with Matt Corral, Matt Corral's looking at Andy Dalton as like, okay, I got a guy who's a mentor, who's been through the wars, who's also been someone who's been a starter. And Andy Dalton said this, like, hey, I've been in Bryce's situation where I came and started as a rookie. He's also been in the situation where – he was signed on to not be a mentor, that he's just back there to be a backup when he went to Dallas. And I don't know what New Orleans' plans were from last season, what they signed Jameis Winston to. It seemed like they wanted Jameis to be the starter, which he was until he wasn't when he got injured. And then when he was healthy again, it was Andy Dalton's job. So Andy has seen what it's like to have expectations of being a young quarterback and being on a team that actually in Cincinnati was going to the playoffs every year. And they had Super Bowl aspirations, whether those were real or not, they had them. They had Hard knocks one year talking about it. And he's seen what life is like as a backup. So he can mentor not only Bryce Young in the challenges of being the expectation of being a rookie quarterback, but also he can mentor um, uh, Matt Corral in having to be a backup and not knowing when your opportunity is going to come. And that's just what's important for Matt Corral is just to stay ready. It's so cliche that they say you never know when your chance is going to come. You just got to be ready. Prepare like you're a starter. It's un- It's unlikely to happen. This year, and if it does happen, things have really gone wrong for the Carolina Panthers because that means Bryce Young and Andy Dalton have both been injured, and that's not what we want at all. But what you do want is a strong quarterback room, which I think they have, with Bryce Young being the number one pick and with Andy Dalton having started and having all that experience and Matt Corral, someone who they're still developing. And let's go back to last year. When they brought in Matt Corral, they traded up to get him in the third round. They talked about he's not coming here really to compete. We want to develop Matt. And they talked about the importance of having a quarterback to develop. I still feel like that's true. 
it, two things can be true at the same time. The Panthers can not have Matt Corral in their plans as being their future quarterback while also wanting to develop him in the meantime for the betterment of the franchise. Because last year when they brought in Matt Corral, it's not, it wasn't about him coming and pushing Sam Darnold, whether he was going to do that or not. It was about him coming in and just having someone young to develop because you need that. Because when Andy Dalton leaves, which could be after this upcoming season or after, next, or after 2024, they're going to need a backup. And if Matt Corral's in position to be that backup quarterback as a fourth-year player who's really been able to develop under the same coaching staff that uh, Bryce Young's going to be developing under, that's a positive thing for him and for the Panthers. And then after that, if Bryce Young's able to establish himself, then Matt Corral can move on somewhere else and maybe he gets an opportunity. Or if Bryce Young doesn't establish himself, maybe Matt Corral gets a chance. But he has to be here. It has to be all in and locked in. And the Panthers also have to be invested in him, which they have said they are. And Krause said he doesn't want to be traded. He likes the situation that he's in. He's got Jonathan Mingo's former college teammate. He's got a great quarterback room, great coaches. He wants to be here in Carolina. He wants to continue to compete. And the Panthers want him around. They cut Jacob Eason, who wasn't going to be a factor anyways, so that Matt Corral could get more reps right now. And they were talking about that. They're probably going to bring in a quarterback um, a fourth one for training camp, and that guy will barely play, but he won't take away from the reps right now for Matt Corral as he's trying to learn the offense and while he's trying to also develop and having kind of a, another rookie year in that he's making good decisions. He looks comfortable. He feels comfortable that he's likely going to get a lot of burn in the preseason. Is anyone opposed to first quarter Bryce Young, second quarter Andy Dalton, second half Matt Corral? I'm not. Play Matt Corral as much as you want because then at least you get a guy who's getting experience and then hopefully he's someone who's an asset for the Panthers, whether it's here or being treated. I want to see Matt Corral out there getting opportunities. I am not going to fool myself and believe that Matt Corral is here to get the opportunity. Maybe down the road that happens, but that's not how things are set up currently. But he's got to play the long game. And by being a good teammate, being mature, and being coachable and improving – he is going to allow himself an opportunity to maybe one day, maybe here in Carolina, get a chance to start, or more likely somewhere else get the chance to start. But not just that, be on a roster. Because you can be in the NFL for a long time by just being a good teammate. And then when called upon, showing the ability to move a team down the field and be able to operate an offense. All things that Matt Corral right now is trying to do and in a way is also doing as far as being a good teammate. So good for him. You know, I've said my piece on the Matt Corral situation. I have nothing against the guy. I've never said anything personal about Matt Corral. I've just talked about the situation that's playing out here in Carolina. They brought in Bryce Young, number one overall, to be the starting quarterback. They brought in Andy Dalton to be the backup, and Matt Corral's their third guy. And if you're the third guy, and all that's happened this offseason, new coaching staff, it's tough. But he's handled it well, and the Panthers have also handled the situation well by letting him know that, hey, man, we're not giving up on you you still have a role to play here. It might not be the one that you had hoped, but it's a lot better than, you know, not having a job and being in the league. So there you go, Matt Corral. They haven't given up on you yet, and that's a good thing. So happy to have you here. So the NFL owners' meetings are going on again, this time in uh, Minnesota, from Phoenix to Minnesota, where it's probably still cold, and they have a new rule change, which actually... Should benefit Matt Corral. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. 
but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Those NFL owners are back to meeting again. They were in Arizona last month. Now they are, maybe it was even earlier this month. I don't know. Days go by. They run. I don't know what's happening. Uh, But either way, they are up in uh, Minnesota right now having some owners meetings on Monday and later on today as well. And they've decided that uh, they're going to do flex scheduling for Thursday night football. uh, But they got to give teams a 28 days notice. I know the Giants owner, John Mara, was very uh, upset about this when they first brought it up, and it was uh, struck down down in uh, Arizona for the earlier owners' meetings this offseason, and he's still not ups- happy about it as, you know, the fans are getting screwed. But but the almighty dollars, all that really matters in the NFL, and they got their TV money, so they're going to do whatever it takes to help out Amazon, their TV partner, and not be concerned with you. But it does not affect the Carolina Panthers. It only could happen, I believe, in like weeks like 13 through 17. So the Panthers not playing Thursday Night Football, uh, I think, that late. They're playing, what was it, week uh, 10 or 11 is when they play uh, Chicago, so they just barely miss it, which is fine. Um, so not affected by that, but that's something to uh, look out for uh, moving forward as Thursday Night Football. You can now be uh, flexed into that. So, yeah, there we go. Um, so as they're not playing a game on Thursday, that could be flexed. Uh, NFL owners also uh, approved a rule Monday that allows teams to designate an emergency quarterback on game day. Uh, the rule applies only to quarterbacks who are on a team's 53-man roster. The emergency quarterback would be eligible for in-game activation if the rest of the team's quarterbacks are unable to participate due to injury or ejection, but not as a result of a benching. If one of the other quarterbacks is cleared to return to the game, the emergency quarterback must be removed at that time and can only return if there is, once again, no other option. So Matt Corral, again. Talk about what his role here in Carolina is. I don't know if Frank Reich will be wanting to have three quarterbacks active on Sunday. This now certainly allows them the opportunity to not have three guys active, which has been pretty much the norm for a lot of teams since 2020 in the pandemic and having to be able to keep your quarterbacks, uh, have one available in case they got COVID. And I know the restrictions weren't really there last year like they were in 2020 and in 2021, but teams uh, still had three guys. We saw that was going to be the case in Carolina uh, before things went awry as far as um, the health of Matt Corral and Sam Darnold. Um, and then you know we saw in Indianapolis – while Frank Reich was there, that they also had three guys. Now they can only have uh, Bryce and Andy Dalton, but then still have Matt Corral there dressed and ready to go as that emergency third quarterback. So that speaks even more to the Carolina Panthers wanting to develop Matt Corral. Because in the event that they need somebody else, he's going to be their guy. So they should be doing everything in their power, which I believe they are right now, by getting those reps to have him ready to go, even though he has never thrown a – Snap, played a snap in a regular season NFL game. Neither has Bryce Young. 
of course, we know that, but it's good for someone who is not going to get a ton of opportunities to be ready to go, be developed, and now be in a situation where he's valued even more because that rule change is now applied here for the Carolina Panthers. So you got that, and that can allow the Panthers to maybe keep up more guys that they have right on the borderline going into the game. So good news, I feel like, all around, and it really is just um, a response to what happened to San Francisco with Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game, and then I guess with Josh Johnson, I don't know how that was going to change that result anyways. If you're down to your third quarterback, when you're already down to like – you were already down to your third quarterback, really, with Brock Purdy, and then your fourth quarterback. If you're down to quarterback number five in an NFC Championship game, you're probably screwed either way. Um, but, hey, I understand why they wanted to do it, and for the Panthers and for any team in the league, it makes sense in the regular season especially to have – as many quarterbacks as possible that you could use and have as many guys ready and available and who are, you know, solid options. So that's the hope now uh, with Matt Corral filling that role moving forward here in Carolina. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to subscribe and follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'm going to be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions again on Friday. Headed out of town, though, so need to get those questions into me by Wednesday morning because I'll be recording all that earlier on as I'll be on the road on Thursday as it is Memorial Day weekend. So get those questions into me ASAP so I can answer them and get that out for you guys on Friday afternoon. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.